Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. We are uh, continuing in the series in the world, Citizen of Heaven in Colorado, Citizen of Heaven in Broomfield, Citizen of Heaven in Thornton, Citizen of Heaven in your workplace, Citizen of Heaven. <laughs> if, it, it follows you everywhere and learning what it is to be in the world, but not of this world. And uh, there's quite a lot to it, I would say. And um, as we are um, looking at this topic today, this is... I would call this our offense. You know, so much is how we respond in this world as a citizen of heaven and how we navigate, you know. But uh, could you turn me down a little bit? It's still echoing. Um, but there comes a time and place as a citizen of heaven that you know that you have been sent, that you are here to declare the works of the Lord, to reflect his goodness, to go out into all the world and you know, make disciples and uh, well, testify that Jesus is, Jesus is Lord. And uh, that could be a daunting task, proposition for any of us. But I want to show you something today. Um, in Luke 8, 38, Jesus just healed a demoniac. He had a lot of demons in This guy had a lot of demons in him. Jesus sent the demons into a herd of pigs, and the herd of pigs went crazy and ran off the edge of a cliff. And, but needless to say, the guy was delivered and now in his right mind, and this is where we pick up the account. And it says, now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away. Interesting. This guy who just been delivered from demons is now wanting to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no. He sent him away. Wouldn't you think for clout that it might be good for Jesus to hold on to this guy? As he went from city to city and saying this guy was, you know, full of demons, demonized, and now he is in his right mind. He's been delivered. Now he's a follower of me. But no, Jesus saw the bigger work. Jesus saw something very important. Jesus saw in his sovereignty why this happened. Why this occasion? And it was for something bigger than the guy realized. Jesus says this. He goes, return to your what? And tell what great things God has done for you. Return to your house and declare the things, proclaim the things, the great things that God has done for you. Is he qualified? Yes. Jesus saw that the furtherance, that the furthering of his kingdom could be aided and helped by this man who is demoniac, who is now in his right mind, could be aided by him declaring the good things, the great things that God had done for him. He sent him back to testify. It's all he needed. His countenance, who he was, was obvious that he was no longer demonized. He, he had clothes on. He wasn't living now in caves and in tombs, and he wasn't living 
as an outcast. He was now in his right mind, speaking clearly. And Jesus said, no, I know you want to follow me, but it's more important that I send you away so that you can testify and declare the things that God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things God had done for him. Because this wasn't a command just for the demoniac. Jesus still exercises and utilizes this principle. We do so much good for the kingdom as we declare the good things, the great things that God has done for us. And he went back to his city, his town, where people knew him as demonized. Now, as they saw him, they couldn't deny that something changed. Something changed. And then when he gave a reason for it or the source of it, how do you argue with that? You can't. You, you can't argue. Testimony is power. Your testimony is power. He could have come along with Jesus, but he's like, you are of more value to me to go and tell. To go and tell. We all have to realize, every single one of you who have professed faith in Jesus Christ and received him as your Lord and Savior, you have been brought from death to life. You have been radically transformed. The spirit that the word of the Lord declares it. You have been changed. Your testimony has everything to do about how you were and now how you are. People cannot argue with your testimony. It, has, it gets people's attention. Doesn't mean they are gonna be moved by it, but they can't argue it and say you're lying. They can. But when they, see, when they hear how God has changed you, when they hear how you used to be like this and you used to suffer from this and you used to be in bondage to this and now I am not, I have been set free and now the spirit of God is in me and I am changed, that's all I know, but Jesus did it. That's all you need. That's more powerful than any like knowledge that you can drop because a lot of times personal knowledge, personal testimony engages people a lot more than just preaching at them, right? It's like no, like if you see, when companies do testimonies, they want you to hear how people have used this and their lives have changed because you don't really totally believe the advertiser, because they're going to say all great things. They're going to make it sound like the best thing since sliced bread. But to actually see a before and after kind of does something. My teeth were green, now they're white. <laughs> I was 1,200 pounds, now I'm 150. <laughs> what? I, 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 I didn't have hair, now I do. Whatever. <laughs> you were bald? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so here's Jesus saying go give them the before and after go and I want every one of you to hear me really well everyone look up from your phones every single one of you look up from your phones even my daughter <laughs> you have been changed. It's a spiritual reality. Whether you live it 
is a whole different story. You have been made alive who were once dead. If you can't give a clear example of how you were when you were dead and how you are as you are alive, you need to work on that. You need a testimony. I'm not saying make one up. (laughs) But if Jesus is in you, you have been changed. You have noticed a difference. He has given you a different way to operate. What is that way? How has he brought you to life? What were those areas of death that are no longer death, but now are a source of life? What are, if you don't have that, your homework is to go back and to examine your life so that you know the difference. The world needs to know. If you don't have a testimony, what do you have? Because the good news of the gospel is that you have been saved and been brought from death to life, but if you don't have a clear example of how you've come from death to life, what do you have? I have salvation, but yet I'm miserable. The salvation story only goes so far if you look just as miserable as the rest of the world and have no concrete evidence from your life that you have been radically changed, right? The world needs to see it. They need to hear it, and God will give you opportunity if your eyes are open to it, but you have to be ready with it. Your testimony is one of the most powerful things that you have. And so, Revelation 12.10 says this. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down, speaking of Satan. And they, those who were martyred on account of their faith in Jesus, overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their what? And they did not love their lives to the death, meaning they lost their lives for Jesus. But how they overcame the intimidation of the enemy, how they overcame doubt, how they overcame the fiery darts shot at them by the accuser that says they're not good enough, they're sinful, they'll never be good enough. Your life's a waste. There's no change. God's not really real. His grace isn't really real. Whatever it is, they overcame him by their testimony, meaning personally, your testimony anchors you in the power of God. When you are doubting, you go back to when God did that miraculous change in your life and say, he is real. I refuse to listen to the lies of the enemy, right? Now, your testimony grows. And it's important to mark those those moments of growth. Because just as the Israelites, as God would do something miraculous, would set up a stone altar to remember the place. So as they were walking through, they would see that altar and say, oh, that's when God stopped the Jordan River and allowed us to pass through the Jordan River on dry ground. Remember that? Remember that? Remember how powerful he was? Remember how amazing that was? He is still the same God. Do you have a moment in time that you can go back to and say, even though I'm, everything's being thrown at me, God is good because that's what he did in my life. Yes. And if you don't, it's time to get one. It's time to get one. And again, you're not just fabricating a story. <laughs> you're delving into your life and seeing what your life might have been like without Jesus. 
And this is how you overcome the enemy for yourself. And this is how you bring light and truth into the world. Is by not just speaking it, by reflecting it as people that have been brought from death to life. And I know a lot of you have frowning, listening faces. <laughs> I, I have a really angry thinking face. My wife reminds me all the time, check your face. <laughs> it feels good to smile. Sometimes I look out here and wonder, do you believe in Jesus? Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Come on, y'all. This is good news. Yes. I'm fueling you through the word of God. I'm fueling myself. Now, watch what Jesus does. Here's another account. Anybody know what it means to be blind? Can't see. Can't see. Anyone known anybody that had been blind or blind from birth? It's a real deal. It's a life-changing deal. I mean, it changes everything about how you operate. And so Jesus encounters somebody. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. He's known no different. This is all he's known is darkness his whole life. Darkness. Do you know that we are blind before we meet Jesus? Blind to what? What? Truth. truth. Blind to truth. But here he is. Man was physically blind. Now his disciples asked him, Rabbi, saying, you know, who, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now they make it more of a theological debate. Poor guy sitting there blind, begging. And they're like, okay, why is he blind? Jesus, was it his parents who messed up? horrendously or is it him why has he been stricken with blindness why is he being punished Jesus instead of accusing this man or even entering into this type of debate says something very <laughs> eye opening no pun intended Jesus answered guys neither this man nor his parents sin get over it but that the works of God should be revealed in him. You want to talk about an incredible purpose? Jesus takes this man who was stricken with blindness that everyone thought was cursed. He's like, no, he's actually going to be a source of the goodness and power of God. That the blindness that he has endured for his whole life is now going to be a source for God's glory to be demonstrated and revealed. Every single one of you has, is a source of God's glory revealed. Every one of you born blind but now see is a source for God's power to be revealed through you, through your transformation. You were blind but now you see and that changes you incredibly and it will change those around you that know you just like we're gonna see here. And so 
It's all about the power of God in us working through these vessels that were stained and broken and this and that, but yet there's something so significantly different now that you can't deny that God is real. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness when he created the world. He has show, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So the creator of the universe has now shown his light of truth into each of you. Do you think that might create something new? Yes. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may not be of us, but of God. It's not about you. It's not about how you feel. It's not about how you think. It's not how about you used to be. It's about the reality that you have come from death to life and what that actually means for you. And it's the power of God working through you. And that's what creates testimony. Not being trapped in your old ways. It's about living the truth of your resurrection, of your new birth. And he says this. We are, so here's some testimony ideas for you all. If you want an idea of like, where do I even start? Well, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. That's what it means to be born again. That's what it means to have new life. This is what it means to have God in you, that you are hard-pressed but not crushed, where before you might have been crushed. But now you have a peace and a strength that is beyond yourself. So circumstances don't take you down like they used to. Or we are perplexed but not in despair. We're confused and perplexed at everything that's going on in this world, but we're not in despair because of the truth of God that resides in us. Where without this, we would be in despair because where's the hope? There is none. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Treated poorly. Abused. Insulted. Rejected but we're not forsaken. We're not alone. I could still have peace. I could still have confidence knowing that my God is still with me and that changes everything. Then it goes on to say, always caring about the dying, or struck down but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested. Where? our whole being. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus, that the life of Jesus, here we go, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our what flesh? Yeah. So it's, ouch. <laughs> it's all of this, that we are a walking testimony that our body, how we walk, how we behave, how we act, how we listen, how we speak, all of us bears witness through our mortal flesh that God is real, that Jesus saved me and changed me. Here is the living proof, and I know I'm not perfect, and I know this and I know that, but I'm still demonstrating through my body, through how I live, that God's power is real. And I'm trying my best to allow him to reveal that through me. It's your testimony. No one can argue with that. Some of you say, who would say who's out there is a great debater? 
Yeah, my dad. Okay, she's my mom. <laughs> Some of you are really good at it, and that's okay. But I think most of us probably don't like look to be totally engaged in an argument, right? Because we don't know enough, or we can't, you know, recollect things. It doesn't mean you don't it mean, you know, enter in those discussions, but usually they're fruitless. Guess what changes the game? <laughs> your testimony. Your testimony. Not just your words, but your being, how you lived. Being able to give words to what it was to live as you and now to live presently as you. Because watch this, this is awesome. So, when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated scent. Why would he send him to a body of water, a pool, named Scent, because that's what he was. Because this miracle was more than just for the man. It was for everybody. He was sent into the world to declare God's goodness, that the power of God was going to be revealed through him, and it would be witnessed by many. He was sent. And as you are transformed, you are sent. You are sent. Who believes they're sent? Who looks for opportunities to be sent? Good, because if you're looking, you'll find them. Now, watch what happens. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Okay, no biggie. No exclamation point. <laughs> it was just a matter of fact. He washed and he came back seeing. What ifs? Now, watch what begins to happen. Watch the ripple effect, you all. Here's the ripple effect. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen he was blind said, is this not he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, well, he, wait, he's like him, but he's not blind. So it can't be him. And he said, I'm he. I'm he, nothing more, nothing less. I'm he. And they said to him, well, how are your eyes opened? He said, oh, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Any other questions? I mean, literally, like, this is just basic kind of like um, regurgitation of what Jesus told him to do that he did and then the result. This is what I was told to do. I did it. Now I'm changed. It was nasty. I had saliva filled like mucky mud all over my eyes. I don't know if that was necessary, but I, whatever, I can see. So, he said, so where is, and then they, then they said to him, well, where is he? He said, I, I don't know. <laughs> I love that. I don't know, but I can see. And my eyes are telling me, I don't know, because I can't see him. So they brought him formerly, who was formerly blind, that's his new name, formerly blind, Hi, I'm Steve. I'm formerly blind. Nice to meet you. That's all of us, actually. Formerly blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes, and the Pharisees also asked him again, how he received his sight? Then he said to them, all right, guys, one more time. He put it, clay on my eyes, I wash, and I see. That's the end of story. So therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath, whoever did this to you. He was working. 
You don't work on the Sabbath, so he healed you on the Sabbath. I consider that working. Therefore, he's not of God because he sinned. Can you imagine this dude is going, what? (laughs) Others said, well, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? Now watch this. And there was what among them? So do you see the ripple effect? People in town are like, what? Now the Pharisees are like, well, all right, I don't know how quite to deal with this because the reality is in front of me. I can't speak it away. So some Pharisees just made it about something that had nothing to do with the actual healing and made it about law. <laughs> While the others are just like, I don't, I, how can a sinner actually do this thing? This doesn't make sense. There's, there's something. It's messing with me. Our testimonies mess with people. It's a good thing. They mess with people. They, they don't know how to deal with it because there's no argument against it. That's why the Pharisees had to make an argument about the law instead of the actual power that healed this man's eyes. They're like, okay, we'll just get over the seeing thing. We're going to make this a law thing because they didn't know how to deal. Now, so they said to the blind man again, well, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? Now, remember, this guy doesn't know who Jesus really is, but yet Jesus sent him. He goes, He's a prophet. He was wrong. He was God, the Savior, but he didn't know, but he knew enough to say, well, this is special. He's a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him. So now some of them are so hardened of heart that they had been blind, that he had been blind and received his sight. So there's like, I still don't believe it. I think it's a hoax. Why would I lie about this? So, They're like, we're going to call the parents in. We're going to get to the bottom of this. (laughs) So they called the parents of him who had received the sight, and they asked him, saying, is this your son who you say say was born blind? Um, How then does he see now, or how then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, well, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. Then he goes, he's of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. Now the family's brought into it. They don't have an answer. The proof is right there, but they don't have an answer. Well, yeah, he was like that. Russ used to be a jerk, but now he's not. (laughs) I don't know the source. Ask him. Right? Because, you know, it says, because um, his parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that Jesus was the Christ, he'd be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So the Pharisees called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory, because we know that this man is a sinner who did this. He answered and said, now watch this, I love this. This is so good. If any of you are afraid of getting drug into some theological debate, just follow this guy. Perfect example. Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing, what? I know. One thing? I know. One thing? I know. That though I was blind, now I see. Case closed. Case closed. 
I love that. He goes, uh, I, whether he's a sinner or not, guys, that's for you. I don't know. All I know is, <clears throat> what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this? And this is awesome. Then they said to him again, <laughs> what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I told you already. <laughs> and you did not listen. But I love how naive he is. And I wish all of us could be this naive. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? <laughs> do you want to hear the story again? Because it's so good. I wish all of us could have, be that naive. You know what I'm saying? Like we go in, we declare what God has done for us. And we think people are so enamored with it. Like, do you want Jesus too? Yeah. Come on. Why not? Because he knew what he experienced was powerful and he couldn't speak it away. So he's like, all right, guys, I mean, why do you keep asking me? You must, I mean, there must be something underneath this. Let me point you in the direction. Now that I can see, I could really point you in the direction of Jesus. You see, you all, yes, this is a story about a real man who was blind that was healed of real blindness and could see, but the ripple effect of his testimony is very much applicable to each and every one of us because all of us have changed and all of us have that testimony if we allow it to become part of us. Luke 4.16. This is how I know that each of us have something incredible to share, that we are miracles. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And when he had handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is our testimony. This is what Jesus came for. This is what he fulfilled. This is what he has done. We were poor in spirit, meaning we were bankrupt when it came to righteousness. Every single one of us. Who's been brokenhearted? He has healed the brokenhearted. There's no more of a broken heart than there is. The biggest broken heart is a heart that is separated from God the Father trying to find life and meaning and purpose in the world and it will always disappoint and break your heart. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Captives of what? Sin. Sin. Each and every one of us were captive to sin because we did not have the spirit of God in us. Our flesh could not conquer sin. Like the root of it. Ex on the outside, we could like exercise discipline, but our hearts were still sinful, and Jesus has healed that condition. He's given us a different mind, different perspective, a different understanding, different passions and different yearnings. That's a miracle. You're like a new creation. You're not a slave to fear anymore. 
You're not a slave to sin anymore. You're not a slave to oppression anymore. You're not a slave to hopelessness anymore. You're not oppressed. You're not blind anymore. When we didn't have Jesus, guess what the world doesn't see right now? Truth. Why? They don't have Jesus. They're blind. When we see the world spiraling out of control, it's because they are blind, and it's the blind leading the blind. And we're here saying, can't they see what they're doing? No! So let our lives be a testimony to what it looks like to see. To live in a way that sees the truth and believes the truth and knows the truth. It has a testimony to say, I used to be this way and I used to see this way, but now I see this way. You want to come and see? You want to come and see? All I know is it changed me. It could change you because, I mean, if you can change me, you can change anybody. You see, every single one of you has a testimony. If you believe in Jesus, that moment you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, at that moment, he deposited the Holy Spirit in you and sealed you as a son or daughter. And you were born again. Born again. Now watch what Paul says. And you, he made what? Alive. What? Alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's enough. But that may not make sense to a whole lot of people. In in which you once walked according to the course of this world because you were blind, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among those who all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others, but God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised, here it is, and he raised us up together, okay, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, meaning we can have a godly perspective of the things going on in the world. We are the righteousness of God in Christ because of his atoning blood. Wow. That in the ages to come, okay, we are the recipients of this, that he, uh, ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards who? Us, Us in Christ Jesus. Yes. Guys, that's a testimony and a working testimony. As we grow in him, we are receiving the exceeding riches of his grace and mercy and his love that transform us and continually change our minds and open our eyes so that we see more and more and more and more. And that has to be marked down. That has to be remembered. Guys, we need a testimony. We do. Without it, we're just talking heads that no one wants to listen to. Right? What's your testimony? I called on you and said, come on up here. I need to hear your testimony. What would you say? What's the difference? I'm not going to do that today. (laughs) None of you are going to come next week. (laughs) But maybe next week. (laughs) We have to be ready, don't we? We are miracles because of the power of God. Every single one of us. Does it mean we're perfect? We're miracles and pro- yeah, process. It's always you. 
It's always Marv. It's always Marv. But you know, y'all, that's the good. Like every obstacle becomes an opportunity for God and then for testimony. Again, I said it last week, don't waste a trial. Mm. Because God has allowed this trial in your life, just like the blindness was allowed in this man, to be at the source of revelation for God's glory. You're not being punished. You're being perfected. You, every single one of you matter. Every single one of you. And your opportunities are out there. Just waiting. So I'm sending you today, just like Jesus sent the blind man to go wash his eyes. Good news is you're already seeing. You just got to go declare it and look for opportunity to do so. Amen. Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much, Father. You're so good. Lord, thank you that you out of your love for us, chose to come down from heaven, Lord, from your throne to die in our place so that we, again, could be connected with you, whole, and be an avenue for your glory to not just reside in, but to work through. Lord, I pray that each of us can see ourselves through the eyes of grace and mercy of how you would see us, how how we were, but now how we are. And Lord, that is huge. And no, we're not perfect, but Lord, we celebrate and remember and praise you for the change that has happened. And I pray for more, Lord. I pray that this body of believers be transformed radically, Lord, through your Holy Spirit that we can infiltrate schools and workplaces and families in this community, Lord, with living, breathing testimony of your goodness. The world needs to see your goodness. Lord, give us that vision. And I pray through your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you begin to awaken us to the higher call that is to follow you and to speak of you and to declare your goodness. Jesus, we give you everything. We give you our lives. We worship you and we praise you and we honor you and we submit to you and say, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.